Hey, Adam. What's up, Peter? You like Monk? I do like Monk. You like Monk's tunes? I do like Monk's tunes. Well, what's your favorite? There's one called, I think it's called Kiri. How's yeah. it go? Well, it's it's on a lot of recordings, been recorded a lot. It goes like, Kiri. And I'm Peter Barton. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice and medieval vocal <laughs> vocal tones coming at you. Man, you know what's so funny is uh, I've listened this year, like I got really into early music. I was in New Orleans of all places. Yeah, early jazz, like Dixieland, right? <laughs> no, but early for some music. reason I was like, I, oh, you know what it was? I was I found a great book in New Orleans about like the history of of western music and oh, i got right. really into these like you know palestrina and all these folks yeah they all have a kiri right they all, they all work for the church and they all have a kiri yeah i don't even know if i'm pronouncing that right but that's i don't think it. you are but i know i have a keurig <laughs> uh, which is a little bit controversial as well right now well, we have a lot of Euro- <laughs> we have a lot of european folks a lot of classical music aficionados that listen to the you'll hear podcast let me okay. know how i'm how I'm messing it up okay I'm sure i am yep all right so uh, cool. but today we're talking about monk that's right and i was actually asking you about the other Monk, the jazz monk, the Thelonious monk. Does he have a kitty? I I don't think he has crepe school with Nelly, which did not make our list, which could have. But um, today, what, what, what are we calling the seven monk tunes you should know? We're getting a little aggressive. Oh yeah, you should know these. I like it when we and, get hyperbolic. And our thing is like, look, Monk had is one of the most prolific jazz composers actually. Um, so this could have been 107 probably, and I don't know if he wrote that many tunes. But he, you know, there's a lot of uh, different tunes. So what we tried to do um, is to have a mix of really almost like monk tunes that you better had known, you know, <laughs> and then also a few maybe that you hadn't heard of, but that I think are really gems and that you do a, a couple of little wild cards thrown in there. But with monk stuff, his quality is pretty high oh, across man. the board. So you're not going to, it might be lesser known, but the quality's still there. Everything's so good. Yeah. Uh, learning monk tunes is, is a really great way to solidify your jazz drops. I feel yeah. like, I mean, it really, it teaches you a side of jazz that you, you, you need to have. I feel, yep. I mean, you can just tell when people are working on it that I, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, Man, all of a sudden you, things I, get funkier. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that when you learn the tunes, you develop several parts of your playing. Certainly you develop your, if you, you know, keep your ears open, your compositional skills. For um, sure. Because his tunes are very, uh, very well crafted from, just from a compositional standpoint, not even from the stylistic thing. Um, and then in terms of improvisation and shaping lines and logic and, um, you know, De- uh, development of your your harmonic knowledge and how that relates to your melodic improvisation. There's a lot of built-in stuff to the tunes that helps your improv actually. So um, that's so true, man. Yeah. A lot of like, you know, dominant chords that kind of go nowhere or 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 perceived to go nowhere that you right. have to figure out. That's yeah. great. And so uh, yeah, when we say these are tunes you should know, it's as much to know them so that when you get on a gig, you can play them as you should know them because it's going to help you develop. Absolutely that's the, true. That's the secret. So true. Yep. Man, you're insightful. Come today. on, man. That's how we do it. All right. So the, number one, we have a blues. Yes. And Monk wrote several blueses. Dozens, probably. Right. And they're all pretty interesting for yeah. me, blueses, you know. Uh, this is Straight No Chaser. Yeah. And this is one of his... Here it is. There it is. If I can shut up. No, go ahead. No, it's good. Jam session favorite. Yeah. Now, what do we notice first about this? We all know this tune. What key is it in? It's B flat. So Monk, as far as I know, always played it in B flat. 
But Miles adapted it, I believe it was Miles, to F because that was a better key for the trumpet. And so a lot of people play it. And I can tell by the look on your face, you may be one of those. Like if you were to call. I'm delighted right now to learn that. So that's A, A B L. Always Always be learning. Listening? Always be yeah. listening? Oh, I thought it was always be learning. Always be learning. It could be either one. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I always play this in B-flat because I kind of like to be that guy that's like, eh, gotcha, see? No, but I, I actually first heard Miles play it, um, and then I think I when I heard Monk, I was like, whoa, that's in another key. And then, um, I don't know, I always felt like you could do either one, but, I mean, it's Monk's tune, and he wrote it there, and I love the sound of it there, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. I Game changer? <laughs> my head is blown off my shoulders right yeah. now. I just always assumed it was an F, and I feel so dumb. Now, okay. this is going to be a recurring theme of Ooh. Miles changing Monk's music. Miles loved to change Monk's Miles, music. I mean, it's weird. Like, Miles really liked Monk and his music and stuff, but he had a certain amount of disdain. I can't quite figure it out, <laughs> man. It's, it's like the real East St. Louis came out because he, you know, there was like a recording session where he didn't want Monk comping behind him. Yeah, the yeah. bags groove session. The East St. Louis comes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. They love you, but they hate you. Uh, okay, so next we're going kind of high level. Yeah. We're going away from jam session tunes. Right. Jam session tunes playing in the wrong key. <laughs> we're going to Trinkle Tinkle. T- trinkle Let's Tinkle. Let's have a yeah. listen. Oh, yeah. John Coltrane. Yeah, so this is this is a good one, I would say, for everybody. I was kind of thinking, we were thinking, you know, challenging folks a little bit. Um, I mean, it's not the most known, but it's certainly been heard. It's hard, though. If you are bored with playing Autumn Leaves, <laughs> yeah. check out some Trinkle Tinkle. Yeah. Like, that is a whole new world of jazz right yeah. there, and that is so hip. There's some great stuff to learn in here about kind of like double time playing and going back and forth, 16th notes, triplets, all that kind of stuff, and just kind of a quirky monk sounding tune but yeah. with that inner logic there with the harmony he's got the nice little two four bar and stuff a lot of fun all right let's go back to some jam sessiony stuff here and okay. we're going to go back we, we played the original not the original but one of monk's versions of straight no chaser before uh acknowledge that miles might have changed the key yep. let's do a miles version of a monk tune okay and he changed a lot yeah changed the harmonic structure this is round midnight <laughs> This is great that he kept the intro. I mean, he's not playing the melody in the intro, but he's, you know, kept the harm, the harmony there. Because I think that's such a big part of the tune. The intro and the outro as well. People should learn those. Change the melody and change the chords. But, I mean, yeah, this is another one that going back and learning Miles, uh, Monk's version, I think could be really good. Am I talking over Miles Davis right now? Yeah, but you're, for, for good reason. No, no. You, you have a lot but of I love this version. I mean, I love the way Miles played... Man, this. That's incredible. super heavy. Yeah. But you're right. So this is a version that a lot of people know. Yep. But go learn the monk version too. The chords are different and actually make a lot of sense. Yeah. Like and you you get I mean you could see why Miles changed it, made yep. it a little easier to play. Yeah. Uh, I used to be really dogmatic about this. Like once I learned the Monk version, which was fairly early on, I would just start playing it like with any with the singer when they like, called it. 
and they were looking at me. I'm like, no, this is the right way. But now I like if I hear the bass player doing the miles, I'm like, okay, I'm cool with it. I'm not as dogmatic, man. I've loosened yeah. up my standards a little Good bit. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. But yeah, it's best to know both. Okay, so next we have on our list. We're gonna go some some piano solo version of one of Monk's tunes. One of mm. some of my favorite Monk. Uh, hearing his compositions yep. is his solo piano version yeah. because you really get the essence of what he was trying to say. Yeah. This is a tune that, I mean, it's really effective with within the con- concepts of uh, confines, concepts, confines of a rhythm section. Evidence, super rhythmic, but yep. to hear Monk do it solo, let's check it out. I've never heard this either. What, what is that from? That looks, I mean, that looks like a repackaged thing. I, I think wonder. it is a repackaged thing. It's great. Yeah, I just saw the solo piano because I have another one here. So here's a different version. This is with Art Blake and the Jazz Messengers, oh, yeah, this Monk is, on Piano. This is the early... oh. Chops! See, even this is yeah. not the, the version I know. Yeah. Yeah, this is the earlier one. Yeah, this is one of those monk tunes that when you learn it, you got to learn a couple of the versions because it evolved. Not really the melody notes, but the rhythmic, the way it's syncopated versus off the quarter notes and versus off the eighth notes. All right, let's check out a monk version from Ruby My Dear. This one either. This is great. Thank you, Spotify. Shout wow. out to Spotify. Shout out to Spotify. But here's the thing, oh, look, man. That's actually Meredith Monk. That's not Thelonious Monk. <laughs> no wonder we had Meredith. But here's the thing, man. And this is this is so uh, typical of Monk tunes. There's a million different versions. There are all these repackages. He recorded everything about yep. a dozen times. Here's from the Five Spot. I think there's record. the playfulness of it. Too. Oh, this is the Johnny Griffin. I think. 1966, live at the Five Spot. No, that's, that's Johnny Griffin. This is closer to how I play it. Yeah, yeah. This is the way he evolved into doing it later, and I mean, I like the Charlie Rouse version as well. But it showed the playfulness. Like a lot of his tunes, especially around these medium tempo ones, like Monk would play around with the rhythms of the melody. And I think that's a great way for us to, like, we don't have to get dogmatic about it. We're doing the 1966 version, you know. <laughs> Do we overdo evidence a little bit, possibly? No, it's fun, man. <laughs> All right, the next one we have is definitely not a jam session tune. This is Reflections. I don't, I mean, I know the tune, but I don't, I've never played this tune. Oh, this is a great tune, man. This is one of my favorite, especially solo piano. It's in your repertoire. You do it it's, a lot? Absolutely. Oh, let's hear it.
Yeah, this is the version I learned it off of the Alone in San Francisco. I love the cover on this. I used to have the LP. Oh, he's on a streetcar. Streetcar with the lettering. How great is this? Yeah. Man? It doesn't sound like anything else. Yeah. So good. And there's, it's still kind of romantic and like yeah. kind of deep. This is, I was actually always surprised that Raul Midnight, well, I think because of the movie and Miles' version, like this could have kind of been his big ballad hit. And it's not really that well known. No. I actually did a, uh, Diane Reeves recorded this, but I'm trying to remember, did we? Yeah, it's on a record called A Little Moonlight. Oh, we yeah, recorded yeah. this, it's, and we, we, I did move the key to really fit her good, and I did a little arrange. I feel bad to even say I did arrange, but I think it's like John Hendrick's lyrics. And I told Diane about the tune. She never heard it, and she's like, oh, I love this. And uh, the lyrics are, are really fun, and um, Grammy award-winning so record. I might have yeah, just say it. Shout out to the Grammys. <laughs> Is there keep is on award keep on awarding? Is there a podcast Grammy? <laughs> right. I hope so. Here we go. Uh, this next one is jam session standard. Yes. Well, you needn't. Oh yeah, I love this version. One of my favorite Monk albums. Yeah, Monk's music. Huh. That's tight. Some tight horns. Now, what do you notice about the melody on this compared to the way Miles played the melody? It we is might have different. another situation. Well, here's the bridge. Yeah, different chords. Different chords on the bridge. Flat instead of G. I hate to say it, but this would be the correct version. It's a great version. Yeah. Uh, I love what the drummer's doing through the bridge, too. So on this, you know, the big difference with the melody, and I'm not like an expert on this tune. I don't even play that much, but I'm remembering now Miles, and I think this is what became in the real book, is mm -hmm. but the Monk version is it's going down to that third, which is a big kind of difference, you know. Trumpet and can't get down there. Can't, can't. <laughs> you got nothing down there for him, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I love that. And then the bridge, you know, starting, I think it's on the D flat seven instead yeah. of the G. Oh you know? man, so good. That's a great record. That's a great record. That, if I was going to tell somebody one, uh, what is it called? Monks. I just Monks music. The, yeah, Monks music. That because it's like Coleman. Isn't that the one with Coleman Hawkins and Coltrane both yes. on it? Yeah. And man, that's such a. I mean, I love the cover again. Like these. He's I in a wagon. LPs. Like a radio yeah, flyer. He's like shoved in this little. <laughs> and if you're playing well, you need it from the real book. Yeah. Learn it off this record. Exactly. Like, just like you exactly. said, the melody's different, the chord changes are different, it's better. Yeah, you, you, you'll be OG style and you get a little ear training. In yeah, you. then you can be dogmatic like Peter Martin when That's he's right. on the gig. All right, for our last one, this is one of my favorites. This is uh, one I learned a couple years ago, and I've been playing it semi-regularly. I, I always forget that I know it. It's like when people call it, I'm like, oh, I don't, oh, yeah, I do know that. Uh, but a lot of really good monk moments in this tune. This is Think of One. Rollins on this recording. I love Sonny Rollins with Monk. There's not a lot of recordings I do. They work really well together. Yeah. Man, this is reinvigorating my love so much for Thelonious Monk. I'm actually going to follow him right now on Instagram. Follow. 
I didn't know Monk, Monk was uh, that active on Instagram. I didn't know either. It just popped up. <laughs> it's uh, Thelonious Monk, musician band, official merchandise. So, yeah, Sonny, Sonny and um, Monk was a... I mean, man, what a great pianist for a tenor saxophonist. They were already good to flow through that group, you know, and just get... I mean, you talk about Coltrane, Johnny Griffin, um, They Sonny all bring Rollins. something different to it. Yeah. Sonny Coleman Rollins, Hawkins. Coleman Hawkins. Yeah. Sonny Rollins has his... I mean, he's the most monk of, of all of them yeah. to me. You know what I mean? And that, he, I feel like he was influenced, too, though. He by, had to you know, have been, yeah. Everybody. That's, the, that's kind of the amazing thing about Monk's work and career was that he was an elder statesman, yeah. and he was the, one of the most modern right. of all of them. You know? And a, a member of the monastery, apparently, <laughs> according to his name, right? Yeah, I mean, until he does a whole, whole religious CD using yeah. only three tones <laughs> we'll see how good he really is That's but uh, man this was fun yeah you know it's kind of fun diving into spotify and some of these rare recordings and, and repackaged stuff that you never really hear and fun hearing some of the classic ones too and i would challenge everybody um you know including me i was about to be like oh i already know all 70s but i realized think of one i don't really know like because i learned it from the winton marsalis version yeah. like 1982 yeah 83, yeah which is a little bit of a change marsalis plays monk yeah my uh winton uh a big shout out to Winton, our fr friend of the podcast here. But he might have pulled a miles by doing a little changing up of the monk tune there, buddy. <laughs> Man, you would sound if you don't have this in your like trio repertoire. Yeah, you would sound great on. I'm this. I'm gonna jump on it. It's a fun. It's super fun to play. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. I think um, the great thing about this list is for just about everybody. There's gonna be something you either don't know or you don't know correctly the key or the whatever. So these are seven, but don't stop here. You know, if, if you're if you're digging the monk thing dive in because this is this is like we said this is the stuff that it teaches you the music from the music without somebody telling you just learn the music listen closely and it's like a private lesson with Thelonious and when you do that you'll hear it 